Hi and welcome to this ninth episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. After a short summer hiatus, we're ready to take on new and exciting topics related to digitalization as well as digital technologies. Your hosts are Don Mack and myself, Jonas Norinder. Hi, Jonas. I'm very excited to co-host the podcast series with you. I'm looking forward to today's discussion. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a good discussion. We have, we have a cool guest uh, invited uh, to talk about this month's topic, where we will be focusing on asset management, focusing on valves. Um, so control valves have kind of always been a hot topic because they can cause unplanned, very costly shutdowns if they are not maintained properly. The question is, though, when do you know when it's maintenance time? It's not always evident. Uh, so some of the more traditional approaches that have been used for many years uh, that are more reactive in nature uh, have been to do maintenance at regular intervals. Uh, also use the experience of the maintenance crew. So if they know there is a specific valve that's causing some issues, well, then they go fix that when they think it's ready to be fixed. Or they could also go for a time-based maintenance approach where you may be uh, every 20,000 direction change cycles, you know, you maintain the valve uh, just to make sure that it's up and running. There are today, uh, however, diagnostics and analytics data uh, that may be available to you already without knowing it. It could be hidden inside the positioners that control the valves. And if it is, this is valuable information that can help you identify if valves are in need of maintenance which could ultimately also help you better plan your resources. So here to talk about some of the typical issues caused by control valves in the process industry is our colleague, Frank Fratino. And Frank, welcome. Thank you. As your cool guest, I say, hey, that might, uh, that might date me a little bit, but uh, thank you for the invitation and I look forward to the discussion. Yeah, it's great to have you. It's great to have you, Frank. Thank you for being here. Now, before we kind of go into the details of the valve issues, uh, let's talk about the concept of control valve monitoring first. Adan, uh, if you could explain it, uh, what the concept is to our listeners. Sure, Jonas. And as you alluded to, the, the valve positioners play a key role um, here. So control valve monitoring involves collecting and analyzing data on a regular basis from the valve positioners that are connected to the control valves. So it's not direct from the control valves, but through those smart valve positioners. And this is done to recognize wear and anomalies uh, of the valves, actuators, and positioners, so that whole combination. And as part of the analysis, trends are determined and maintenance states are calculated, which enables using predictive maintenance, moving away from a preventive maintenance to a more predictive maintenance type of an approach. And this is an analysis that can be completed on-premise or on the cloud, so it really depends on the end user's preference. And the results uh, can be made accessible with either approach through a web browser to any personnel that are provided with the secure access. So with that in mind and how, we, how, how control valve monitoring works, uh, Jonas, what types of results can a company expect to achieve as a result of implementing control valve monitoring? Well, it, it, I would say it differs from industry to, in, to industry um, to some extent, but I think there are three outcomes that touches most industries. So the first one is for sure improved process control because if you're able to, uh, to better maintain the valves, uh, know what's going on with it and be able to fix it when it is needed, uh, the process will ultimately run better. Secondly, 
uh, it's also uh, allows for better use of maintenance resources because you can now focus on those valves that need to be serviced and rather than you know maintaining valves every three, three months or six months you maintain them when they actually need to be maintained and then lastly um, uh, there's also a potential for fewer unplanned shutdowns and which is of course a very very big one because they can be costly very time consuming they can impact uh, customers, you know, uh, delivery delays and so forth. It's not uncommon to hear that a plant shutdown can cost anywhere from, you know, 100 to $200,000. Uh, so it is very, very uh, expensive. So you want to obviously avoid that at all costs. And, and this type of, of let's say, approach, uh, asset monitoring uh, can help you minimize that. Uh, perhaps there's also one, you know, bonus outcome, if you will. Um, some of these solutions uh, when it comes to valve monitoring rely on artificial intelligence, machine learning, which is talked about a lot these days. Uh, we also talk about it, in fact, in episode five, um, uh, where we focus on some uh, practical use cases for artificial intelligence. Uh, go listen to those if you're interested uh, in that episode five. Uh, but it's a great way to get started on on maybe a more simple approach to artificial intelligence as well. Now, um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that can benefit from from a valve control monitoring uh, solution like this, Don, right across the company. Uh, there definitely are. There are a variety of roles that will benefit. And I'll talk about two of the key ones, which are, are maintenance and operations personnel, uh, maintenance managers, maintenance technicians. Uh, those maintenance teams are provided with insights into the complete history of the valve. This comes from that that data that's that's being collected by the the valve positioner and communicated, and, um, and and recommended maintenance dates can actually be calculated automatically from those that can be fit into the plant's maintenance plans. So again, moving to a more optimized type of maintenance program, predictive maintenance rather than preventive maintenance. And then on the operations side of things, operations teams um, will benefit by having better assurance that. Uh, unplanned downtime will be avoided, and, and this will result in better ability to, to maximize production. So, the, so those are just a couple, but, but some of the key ones that will benefit. So I guess now that we know kind of what it is and, and who can benefit and, and some of the benefits that can be expected, uh, what type, types of investments um, is an end user going to have to make to implement a solution like this? So um, although the steps are the same, regardless of the number of valves that the data is pulled from, I think that the final valve count, of course, comes into play and has an impact on the implementation for sure. Uh, but, but when you look at the process of going through it, it's fairly simple and, and pretty much the same, whether it's you know 10 valves or 100 valves. Because first you want to identify the valves that you want diagnostics data from. You don't want to grab data from every single valve, control valve across your, your, your plant. It's just too much. So you want to typically focus on uh, the ones that are a key part of the process. If you know that there are some bad actors, you also want to focus on those. Uh, so those are just some of the things that can help you identify the valves that you want to pull data from. Then you pull the diagnostics data uh, for those valves, typically from the distributed control system. Uh, you pull that into a separate data collector. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for why that's a good idea. Uh, you separate the data used for the control system uh, from the valve monitoring system, and you want that separation. By having a separate data collector, you could also potentially uh, do cloud connectivity 
and make use of cloud computing to power some of the calculations if you so choose. Um, there's also, of course, on-premise solutions available, but you kind of have to think uh, about that cloud connectivity, whether that's something you want to do or not. Uh, then you want to create a, a baseline by letting the system collect data from the valves for typically one to two months. Uh, once you have that baseline data, that's when you can start reviewing the findings, assessing recommendations, kind of getting a big picture of the current state to help you decide, all right, what's our plan of action? Which valves are we going to have to look at first, second, and so forth? So in terms of implementation time, uh, typically two to three days for the initial setup, and then, you know, a couple of days maybe for training of users. And then, of course, you know, there should also be some support after the fact, of course. Uh, sometimes um, uh, there might be some uh, requirements to change the infrastructure. Sometimes that may not be necessary. You want to touch on that a little bit, Don? Sure. Um, and, and first of all, it sounds like from what you just described, it really isn't going to be that significant of uh, an investment in terms of the, the people time and, and, and ultimately the money that's involved in, in implementing this solution. But if you have to make a lot of infrastructure changes, uh, with your valve positioners, your control valves, actuators, et cetera, then the ROI get, becomes a lot more difficult. So, so the, the, the nice thing is that's not the case. Um, when we're looking at a valve monitoring application, we always will begin with an evaluation of the existing installation. And um, often what we find is that little or no change is actually needed. Now, from an equipment standpoint, when we're taking into account the combination of the valve positioner, the actuator, and the control valve, the, the key equipment, as we've talked about a couple times already, to evaluate is the valve positioner. The data collection itself is relying on the use of smart valve positioners that can communicate that diagnostic information that is used in the analysis to either the on-premise or cloud-based uh, tool, depending on which approach you're taking. And in many cases, what we find is that there are already smart positioners that have been installed in many cases for a number of years, and they have the ability to communicate the data over a field bus, such as HART or Profibus. So in many, again, there's, there's typically not that much infrastructure change needed, uh, and, and that can helps keep the cost of implementation down. So when we consider that, Frank, um, and, and, and putting a, a solution like this in, what, what types of issues are process industry end users facing with their control valves that would necessitate using something like this? Yeah, before I get into the issues, I will just add to the smart valve positioners have the diagnostics for a long time and they've been they've been monitoring the diagnostics there and, and lots of times customers aren't utilizing that data but it's there and it just needs to be utilized as far as issues with valves and valve components um, there's there's a number that we commonly see because the valve is continually moving and is perhaps in a harsh environment, you'll have uh, issues such as uh, erratic valve movement due to air leakage. Um, there could be a leak in between the positioner and the actuator or in the actuator itself, which will cause the valve to be in an unwanted position. Um, there's also a loss of valve um, position resolution where the valve cannot obtain a particular position because the increase because of an increase of friction between the valve stem and the packing itself 
is preventing small incremental movements from happening. And then there's the inability to fully close the valve due to process wearing of the valve seat or process buildup of the on the valve seat itself, preventing the valve from closing. Those are some of the typical things that you see in a valve assembly. But uh, because if, if a customer has a smart position or there's a number of other things that it can see as well or monitor, and it might not be specifically related to the final control element that it's on, it might be related to a component that is connected to the process loop. The um, process loop is, um, is utilizing process variables and from a maybe a temperature sensor, a flow meter, and if that temperature sensor is to fail and cause the valve to control the process off its position average somewhere where it normally doesn't control, the diagnostics are there to monitor that and recognize that. Uh, if the process loop is not uh, the tuning of that loop is not optimized, you'll have oscillation in the valve and an increase of uh, valve direction changes will occur. Again, the diagnostics is monitoring changes of direction, uh, number of valve strokes and all that stuff can be um, recognized. And um, if a process variable is, is just erratic itself, that's eventually going to affect the, down, affect the downstream to the final control element. So since a valve is a final control element of a process loop, process-related issues affect valve performance as well. So, so how is it that um, issues like the ones you, you described, how can those be uncovered uh, through using some of this diagnostics data that might be sitting in the positioners and con control valve monitoring and data? Yeah, so of the components, again, the positioner is the only component that is uh, has the ability to capture and uh, capture these diagnostics, store them in its own memory, and if you have software, bring it into the user interface so that anomalies can be be detected and um, the uh, positioner. Uh, the, a fundamental component is a position sensor that is always monitoring where that valve is and how it's performing. And then you have pneumatic, um, a pneumatic device that's controlling the air to and from the actuator that has diagnostics associated with it. And when there's a, an issue that perhaps is not recognized in the process, it's not adversely affecting the process, but it's there nonetheless. The positioner can see that and um, with some valve monitoring software can create a notification indicating that it sees an anomaly, again, before it affects the process. And then um, because the positioner is constantly monitoring the performance, the number of valve strokes, 
changes of direction, and and maybe you'll have a conversation with your actuator vendor where the vendor recommends that you change the O-rings in the actuator seal after 200,000 cycles, for example. That can be programmed and notify you um, when that's happening. And also the software can predict when it will happen in the near future so you can plan your uh, outage uh, to work on that particular valve. Again, working on valves that need attention, not ones that don't. Yeah, so it sounds like there is a lot of, there's a lot of use for, for valve uh, control, valve monitoring for sure to just be able to, to, to run processes better, run your valves better, run the process better, which is, uh, which is obviously um, a, bit, a, a big benefit. So I really appreciate those, those insights, Frank. Um, before we close out this episode, any last comments, uh, golden nuggets from you, Don, that you'd like to share? Well, I guess I, when I consider everything we talked about, I'd say really there are two key takeaways. Um, control valve failures can involve significant cost. A, a single valve failure could bring down an entire process area, so that's something to, to be avoided. And uh, it is, control valve failures are one of the leading causes of unplanned downtime. So um, the second, so that's one of the things you want to, we want to avoid that. The second thing is that maintenance costs uh, can be significant. And uh, in many cases, you're doing maintenance on something that doesn't really need maintenance. So by having something like control valve monitoring, it can make sure that you're only doing the maintenance when you need to, not um, just because you think you have to. So by implementing control valve monitoring, um, you, can, you, can, you can reduce unplanned outages as well as reduce your maintenance costs. Thank you very much, uh, Don. Uh, that, was, that was a nice way to round up this episode. We hope that you all were able to learn something today about the value of control valve monitoring. Also want to thank you, of course, uh, Frank, for your valuable input and insights. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate the invitation. Yeah, it was it was it was great having you. Um, if you would like some more information about uh, valve asset monitoring, we've included a link in the show notes. And of course, if you want to be notified about the release of the next episode, make sure to subscribe. Thanks for listening to this episode of Digitalization Tech Talks. <laughs>